The following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. See, I looked down, so I didn't give you pressure that time. You didn't mess me you, up. You were smooth as silk. I know you're also upset because you didn't go to the bathroom before we started the show. Really? <laughs> we're on the <laughs> I know. Just because I'm older. Going to have to get through right. a whole uh-huh. next 57 really? minutes yeah. doing the show. Okay. We'll see how that works out for you. It is baseball weather outside, and we'll get to baseball in a little bit, but I think we're going to start with some basketball, it's right, Jeff? beach weather outside. It's definitely very nice and warm, but it is also time for NBA. Well, you're not going to Tell you what, that now that the bats are going to get hot, we'll talk about the fact that they haven't <laughs> they, with the weather. I yet. was going to say they okay. they can't go anywhere but mm-hmm. up right now. Jeff. All right, uh, let's bring on the man himself, uh, Sixers Inquirer writer Keith Pompey, getting ready for Sixers Nets. Mister Pompey, how are you? Hey, I'm I'm well. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing good. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to come on and just start firing at Jeff or was I going to get to start a conversation with you. So I was going to let you take it away first. The Michigan comments, he's just building them up for the Yeah, I figured that show. was coming early. <laughs> nah, isn't that like a lacrosse school? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well played. All right. Wow. All right, Keith, we've made it. The regular season is done. We're supposedly healthy. Uh, the Sixers, you can see by the 1 p.m. start times this game in game four how interested the NBA is in this series. Uh, but we have the first series here. What do you expect from this team going in? You know what? It, it's, I expect the 76ers to win this series, and I expect the 76ers um, to win the series in five games, right? I, I, I do. Um, but for the first game, I'm a little nervous. And and the reason being is because, like you said, they're well-rested. They've been off for a while. They're two best players. Um, heck, all of them, Maxi too. But you, you look at this Brooklyn Nets team, and it's a squad that they they only played once with this iteration, and that was Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson's first game in Brooklyn, Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, – and Dorian Finney-Smith, their second game, and we're talking about four to five starters. So I don't really think you can base everything off of that with the Sixers. So I think it may take the Sixers a game or two to figure this squad out. So I would not be surprised if the Sixers lost game one or if they win game one. I won't be surprised if they lose game four. Um, but with that said, I think they'll win, but – I'm just a little bit unsure how they're going to come out and how they're going to look tomorrow. you have any idea how out of sorts this city will be if they lose game one to the <laughs> Ben Simmons list <laughs> Nets? I know. That's the crazy part, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know that, um, that, that, that's the crazy part. But, uh, you know, things happen. I mean, like, They'll really be upset if if, if Mikael Bridges has more than thirty points too, right? Yeah, the the Sixers better not hand out free hot dogs at the game. <laughs> It'll be really bad down there. So you know, I, I watched the Nets the other day, Keith, and and I actually was pretty impressed by what they have cobbled together. He texted from, me his concern level. Yeah, from from the, what this disaster of a season that the Nets have had for, with Durant and Irving and, and Ben Simmons, they've actually put together a really good team. And I'm using team as, as the key here in, in that 
Spencer Dinwiddie has become a, a good, distri- a really good distributor. Mikael Bridges is turned into the player that we all dreaded when the Sixers drafted him. <laughs> that we all wanted him. when then they drafted him yeah. and then dreaded when they traded him. Right. You have, you have Finney Smith, who is a really good defender, and you just have a team. They have a, a really good starting five. They don't have a great starting five, but they have a team that the Sixers need to worry about. Yeah, they do, and and that's the thing. And then not only that, like you're talking about, you know, the great defenders, but they also have like seven legitimate three point shooters on the team. And um, you know, the, the, they lack size. Uh, they have length, but they lack size. And I think that's where Joel Embiid is going to have a field day. But I mean, outside of that, it's hard to say that they lose many other matchups outside of the center position. Um, when you look at the Sixers team. Yes, their defense is pretty good, but they give up a lot of shots in the perimeter, especially threes, right? Um, also, um, they they also have a tough time defending athletic wings who can get their own shot. Well, you got Mikael Bridges and who can get his shot. And, and a guy who scored 30 or more points, I want to say 14 times, 14 out of the 17 games, something created, or 13 out of that that he played it, or it's just been ridiculous, his number, right? But then you have guys who can shoot the threes. And I keep calling him this, and I hope he doesn't think that I'm being a, a disrespectful or anything like that, but son-in-law, Seth Curry, Doc Rivers' son-in-law, like he's a guy that comes to town and he's always torching him. So, you know, and we know why he's torching him, because it's one of those, yeah, you guys are going to pay for trading me games. So when, when you talk about all those things, that's where I think the Sixers can get themselves in trouble. But I do believe that they'll still get get they'll stumble, get dazed, whatever, and then they'll regroup and then they'll like do a gentleman sweep. And I mean, after the trade deadline, this team shot almost forty four percent from three point line. That was the fifth highest in the league. My question is, how do the Nets defend Embiid? They they switched a lot on Harden of Harden Embiid's screens in the one post deadline matchup they had. They put smaller defenders on Embiid. But if you look at it through the season, Harden and Maxi have shot combined 41% from distance on passes out from Embiid. So how do the Nets approach this in terms of battling that that game where we talked about it last time, how much Harden enjoys coming down the court, dropping it back to Embiid, or Embiid enjoys passing it off to them to create space for each other? It is funny because in, in yesterday in Brooklyn, all they were talking about is how we got to do a group effort we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to stop Embiid. They never really talked about anyone else. All they talked about was Embiid. So to me, when I hear things like that, I think what they're going to do is they're going to defend Embiid. They may double him. They may do a couple of things. But I think their priority is going to be on stopping Maxi, stopping Harden, stopping Tobias Harris. Right? I think you. I what about think that, wait? 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 What about PJ Tucker? Who's going to stop him? I right. mean, I mean they'll, they'll try to stop him too, but he's so far, like, as, you know, he's the fifth option on offense. I mean, PJ could have a pretty good game if they leave him open, right? If he makes a couple shots. But, but, but I also think that, you know, because if you look at this approach, this is what the Boston Celtics have done. I mean, you look at MB, um, you look, you see how he's always having these high scoring performances, but they're always, not always, but they're usually for not. And I feel like if I'm Brooklyn and I'm looking at Embiid and I know that I can't defend him, is it going to be one of those things where I don't want the ball to move, I want it to stick, and, and I want these guys to be 
ice cold going into the fourth quarter and then hopefully pray that we can um, squeak out one. I mean, yes, somebody's going to be the sacrificial lamb on defense, but hope and pray that, you know, that could be the reason why we're going to win this game. You know, the last couple games of the season, Tyrese Maxey was not on the court. Uh, is there any lingering effect with Tyrese Maxey going into these playoffs? And the other thing is, is I've noticed that when he comes back from an injury, whether it be short or long, he needs a few games to, to heat up again at a minimum. Is this going to be an issue with him? Um, you know, I, I don't think it probably will on this one. I, I think that, you know, because basically with the NBA, you know how it goes in regular season. It's kind of you really don't practice a lot. So all of a sudden, you know, you didn't get any good practices in and, and you know, you're not really doing anything leading up to that. And then you get in the game and you got to get back to the game speed. I think the fact that they had a week off and they had a couple of days that they can go out on the court and, and, and do some stuff at, at high, um, at high tempo. I, I think that he'll be fine because, you know, Brooklyn is going dealing with the same thing because yes, Maxi missed the last three games, but the guys from Brooklyn, they've been off for at least a week as well. So I, I think he'll be fine. The Nets and Sixers are tied in fast break points, but it's Philly's transition defense. They're ranked 28th in fast break points given up. What type of game do the Sixers want? Do they want to control the fast break and, and have it be a half-court game where they give the three-point shots to Brooklyn with the chances? How do you think the defensive approach will be for this team? For the Sixers, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I think the defense approach is you're going to try to have a crowd. I, I know that uh, Brooklyn likes doing switching. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers did some switching. Or the thing about it is they got so many shooters. And, and I know you say you you basically, um, you know, you need shooters to get out of the zone, a guy to penetrate and kick the ball out. But I don't know if Brooklyn has a guy who can do that and kick it out like that, a, a pretty good point guard like that. So I, I feel like the Sixers, they might mix up and do like a matchup zone, do some other zones, do some switching. I think, you know, just try to keep it as um, uh, unpredictable as possible by just continuing to switch things up against them. All right. This season, this playoffs, does Doc actually have a rotation? Are, are we going? Do we have a set at least for the first round? Do we have a set rotation of who comes in when the starters go out? Uh, well, I think we do. I, I think that for the first time in a while, we're going to see um, a, a smaller bench, a smaller you know uh, rotation. You know, I, I think right now the guys that are going to come off the bench are going to be uh, DeAnthony Melton, George Niang. Um, uh, Jalen McDaniels, and the ninth guy would be is, is going to be uh, Paul Reed for right now going in. Now, if if somebody gets attacked, then then he's going to have to like switch it up a little bit. But for at least this round, I I, I say that these guys are going to be the rotation, and, and I believe so in my opinion they're going to be the rotation. Well, if it's a nine man rotation, that means there'll be at least one starter in it. At all times, shakes. You don't think shakes going to see the court very often in this round? I don't know. Like uh, you know, it's one of those things where we didn't really get to see shake a lot. Now, the one thing is, I, I think if there may be someone who we're going to see, it's probably going to be Daniel House, just because of his versatility. You know, uh, a guy who could play multiple positions, um, and a guy who's a veteran. 
and and I think Doc has you know likes that in him. Um, so I, I think you would probably see D House more so than that. Now I will say that of the three guys, and you can only judge it by who you who you talk to, but sometimes you can be wrong. Um, the, the, of the reserves who we talked to this week were George Niang, um, Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton, and uh, Jalen McDaniel. Oh, oh no, I take that back. George didn't speak. I take that back. George didn't speak. It was um, it was uh, Jalen McDaniel, Daniel House, um, uh, Paul Reed, and DeAnthony Melton. So they were the four right there. But I expect George to be in a rotation. What do you think? I saw you had a story this week, uh, Sam Cassell getting permission to interview for the Rockets head coaching position. Is that any distraction at all? I mean, I obviously have my opinions on wanting him to be here, but do the players care when a, one of their coaches gets an opportunity or are they excited for them? I think it's more so you're excited for a guy like Sam. You know what I mean? Because Sam is a you know, a great guy, great personality. You know, he, he, I mean, I was there where he was playing George Niang in one-on-one and he was beaten when George was getting, was getting upset. I was videotaping oh, oh, it. Great. That's great to is, hear. Is Casella available for the game for this series then? We can use shooters. Well, it, That's what you want to hear going into the playoffs, Keith, <laughs> is that the coach was beating one of the men in the rotation. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. He was like, yo, you didn't post that, did you? Like, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? He's like, and Sam was like, that's right, Pomp, post it. Post it. <laughs> so, so when you see a guy like that, like, and, and um, you know, you see, and, and, and they, it was, George wasn't really playing hard, though, so let's say that. But, but when you see a guy like that, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, everybody wants him to be to get his job. Like, you know what I mean? Sam Cassell, you know, he probably could have had the temple job if he wanted it. He he didn't want to, he didn't want to interview for that. You know, he interviewed for, you know, the Utah jazz job at the Boston Celtics, the Washington wizards. I mean, he's always been a guy who everyone interviewed and, you know, for these jobs. So it comes to a point where I think that all, everyone he plays for, they all root for him and even his teammates. I mean, the thing about Sam Cassell, he's a guy that when you're around him, like, I don't know, he's just, I don't know, he's just, he's just energetic, he, he, he's fun, he's funny. Um, I don't know, I, I think that the guys are rooting for him. Now, with that being said, would they be sad if he left? Yes, they would be. But at the same time, you know, they would like to see him get his flowers, so to speak, um, and, and get a coaching job. How important has Sam Cassell been to the development of the of the guards, especially Tyrese Maxey? I mean, huge. I, I think that, uh, you know, you look at Sam, you know, Sam was there from day one, you know, when, when Maxey came. It was Sam and, and another guy, believe it or not, uh, who's been really good with these guys too is Spencer Rivers, Doc Rivers' son. Like, he's been there with Maxey too. But, you know, you look at Sam, you know, Sam was the guy who – you know, he could still shoot. Um, and, and in addition to that, he was in the NBA for, for 15 years. He, he was a one-time All-Star, and he won three titles. So when you have a guy like that talking to you and telling you this stuff, it, you, you kind of listen. I mean, because he was a winner. And not only that, he was a good player. So, 
having him putting Maxi through these drills, working with him, talking to him all the time, you know, it's great for, for, for all these guards. And I think Sam is one of those guys is like, there's a reason why he's been with Doc Rivers for nine years. Like, seriously, he's been with him all the time. And if you notice, sometimes you'll see Doc pull Sam to a side and like, boom, 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 whispering something. And then Sam will go over to said player and then start, you know, telling him what to do because he knows that Sam is going to relay the message the right way. Look, I I know you have a lot of work covering, you know, what Ben Simmons is going to wear on the sidelines um, (laughs) during this playoff round. (laughs) So we don't want to keep you on long, but we're going to put you on the spot here. If you had to, if you had to choose now, who, who is going to be in the NBA Finals? Right now, yep. woo, I say the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm going for major, major upsets in the West. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Golden State Warriors. Wow. <laughs> How, how you know? I know they have another gear. I know they have all the experience. I know they have Steph Curry. How is it that they're going to be able to turn around what's been a pretty mediocre season? Yeah, um, you know what, and, and that's the thing. That's when I said that you know, I'm, I'm a lot has to go right. Like they have to be able to show that they can win on the road, something that they weren't able to do. But when you look at the when you look at the Western Conference, I mean. If someone were to flip-flop it and said teams four, five, and six were one, two, and three, and one, two, and three were four, five, and six, you'd be like, yeah, that makes more sense than the way it does now. When I look at them as the number one, number six seed, you know, they're going up against Sacramento, which is kind of like your little brother, you know what I mean? Like he didn't even hit puberty yet, so you can just smack him around and do do, do whatever you want to him, right? I mean, seriously, that's what they do to the Kings. And then from there – if they win that one, then they go to Memphis. And, you know, Memphis has injuries. They do it. I mean, they have injuries. They have, like, some, like, like problems, like, with John Morant and things like that. And, and also, but they have the mental edge over them. Like, Draymond gets it under their skin. Uh, you know, Steph, they have a hard time stopping him. And, and Stephen Adams is hurt. So, to me, I look at it like, Yes, this is the sixth seed. They didn't turn it on. But if they can steal a couple games on the road, I honestly believe that they can go to the to the NBA Finals because I feel like the path is easy for them considering the two teams that they would match up with. You know, you mentioned that Warriors-King series. That ticket for game one is averaging almost 670 bucks a ticket now. It's the most expensive non-finals game on record. So there's a lot of interest out there in California about what goes on in that matchup. And that Kings fan base seems real excited with what they built there. Yeah, Jeff, you want to take us through the game? <laughs> it was Jason. I am Don't look so, at me. I am so no, I glad that you posed that that way, Keith. Is Jeff want to take us through the game? Yeah, on, you just woke me up. I was taking a nap over here. <laughs> Jeff wasn't paying attention. All of a sudden, he's dropping eighteen hundred dollars for the three of us to get into the game. That out doesn't there. include airfare. Go like, big blue. Go big blue. <laughs> you're very generous with my money, Keith. I like it when he does that. <laughs> Keith, look, we can't help thank you enough for coming on the show. Every time that you come on the show, if there's anybody to read on the NBA, you're the guy. So thanks for joining oh, us. I, I appreciate you. I'm gonna tell my mom. I'm gonna thank her for. Um, 
paying you to say that. <laughs> we, we can clip the audio so you can send it to her. It's for not. Proof. It's whatever she's paying me ain't enough to fly you to <laughs> to Sacramento though. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> all right, thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. Uh, all right, so I got a trip to California out of that one. Glad we did that interview. I don't know where you think you got the trip. Uh, Keith set it all up. I heard it. You I've got witnesses, again, people on the radio. It's recorded. Again, you both are very generous Look, with other people's I, I'm just saying, if you want to back out of an agreement that you made with your man, Keith Pompey, live on the radio, I can't help that you don't live up to your word. You know, <laughs> if you think that's an agreement, you clearly did not go to law school. Let's talk about uh, what what he said uh, okay, we'll we'll let your why, finals. Why can't we talk about what we said? We'll let his finals yeah. prediction sit out there because that's Do you very think far it's that away. Crazy? I actually don't. No, I don't think any of that's crazy. I'm I I want to think so, that the Sixers will advance and they match up, but I just don't feel confident in the team. If I you, think they beat the Nets, I do too. I, and I, don't I think, think it'll that be they easy. Ca- I think they can play against Boston. I just don't know if they beat the Bucks. I don't. I you don't, don't think they can play I, at all I, against I don't them. know. They beat the Celtics one time this season. It's the Celtics bench that is much better than the Sixers uh, bench. Is, I mean, is Jalen Brown completely healthy? If Jalen Brown is healthy, the Sixers do not have a shot against them. You they know, just don't. One of the they things, can't match up to, to what the Celtics have can universally put on the court from one through five, including the bench. One of the things we And I don't want to hear P.J. Tucker, if he gets open in the corner, he can hit a couple threes. Yes, I know he, he can do that. that. Not me. No, no, but that's what we keep hearing, and all I keep seeing is story after story about how he's tough, and that was something the Sixers lacked. Really, you can't be tough. Like you couldn't, you can't be a tough team and put five guys on the court who can actually threaten the defense. Apparently not. That doesn't. That's not a part of the Rockets reunion tour. <laughs> I don't know what else you're hoping for there. Like I, I don't. There was a different direction to go. You know it what, was not taken. You know what? I did not think of. Now, too bad Keith is not on here. This whole discussion that you brought up about Sam Cassell potentially going to the Rockets. Does that in any way impact James Harden? Yeah. Yes. I, it, and again, I was talking with with you before the show. And I, we didn't ask Keith again, but we have to get what the implications are if Harden leaves. They don't have that money for that max spot for one year. So they're going to end up needing your favorite well, Mac McClung and Jaden Springer. No. Because look, I'll get a jersey. I got, an, I got somebody with a last name, so I'll be able to get a jersey. Mm-hmm. But like that's what they're going to need if they go a year Without somebody in that max spot, they're going to have to move to bias. Well, but wait, there's who who's going to be on the open market this offseason that's going to get a max contract? I don't know. I'd like to go to the playoffs no. first. Can we go through the playoffs before we get to after the season? You've got them eliminated and we can't enjoy you, anything. You do realize you brought this up. No, actually, you're the one who said that they weren't going to advance. In the playoffs? Yes. But they would get that would lead to the conversation after the playoffs. I'd like to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, get back to the playoffs. Um, before that, did you happen to see any of the stories this week about the new stadium? And getting into the mayor's race, and there's no way they're going to build this new stadium. Can we just, just drop it, it already? How does it make any sense to have one stadium where they want to put it? Which that doesn't make sense. But let's not go into that. That's going to be used forty times a year. No, nah, they'll say they're going to have concerts and stuff there. Okay, well you you now they'll then get a have WNBA team. Yeah, there. but people don't seem to realize. Well, the Sixers don't seem to realize there already is a, an upgraded Wells Fargo Center that's already 
been in the market getting all of those concerts and has those relationships. So now the Sixers and the Flyers would compete with each other regarding the large indoor venues. Because you also have the outdoor venues. You still have the man or whatever they're calling it these days. I just dated myself. And they have the one in Camden. Which has had a lot of names also. (laughs) I don't know what it's being called these days. Banks just keep changing names in these (laughs) concert places. But the fact is, they're not going to, economically, it doesn't make sense. And by the way, there is no train there that's going to help right now. They still have to build the infrastructure that right now, it doesn't appear SEPTA SEPTA can do, considering what just happened with the King of Prussia line. Look, I... I've already told you I'm not taking mass transit in and there's eight parking structures and that's not, that can't sustain. Imagine what it's going to be like when there's the flower show or the car show at the convention really center that, or a see, big convention but, but that's not and the, all those parking spots are taken up in those parking decks because the existing infrastructure is what will be used. They are creating no additional parking. Yeah, but but uh, see, I'm not with you on that discussion because... Because you are, live in the city and you would train over. Okay, but, but, it, but if we were at a point now that Citizens Bank Park had not been built, would you have wanted the baseball stadium where it is or would you have wanted that downtown? If the, if the baseball give stadium... Give me a yes or had, no. Just give me a yes or it's no. It's a qualifier. If the baseball <laughs> stadium had been put downtown, yeah. we would have been a culture that understood downtown stadiums. We're right. not. We've had I'm the just, stadium I'm, I'm complex. I'm just asking you to No, I me. don't think that the stadium should be in the city. Uh, see, I do. Because we have a fan base that doesn't just come from in no. the city. Yeah, but, but you know what? A baseball stadium does invigorate first of all it's twice as many dates i'm glad it so invigorates it, it the neighborhood inv- but there's the lots city. of people who don't ever want to go into any of those neighborhoods not those like it's a particular one hmm. they want to go to the stadium and leave you can't do you, that if it's that in is, the middle of the that city that is such a suburban viewpoint it is and, okay well, and, but you live with a fan base that we're not no, new, no. a New York you, fan base. No, you we're you, not a Baltimore fan base. Your perspective is legitimate, but it comes from being living in South Jersey and having easy access to the stadium ground. Absolutely, it's a very selfish perspective. But that's I agree just with that. South Jersey. If you live in west of the city, it's a nightmare to get to the stadium. If you right live now. down in Delaware, how are yeah. you getting there? How are you going to the Mass game? transportation. You, that's your, that's your yes. only way to go. You can't drive. I just, I just don't think it works for an indoor venue when you have a viable other indoor venue. If the Wells Fargo Center was about to fall down, then this might make more sense. The Wells Fargo Center is in good shape. It's in great shape. They just spent how many hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate the well, inside of it? And they offered to give gorgeous. them a portion of it. They said, hey, you can have a little bit of it. it, just, it, it the it Sixers just, don't want that, though. The thing is, it's just... Josh seems, Harris wants the commanders and his Well, stadium. that's it. This <laughs> seems like an ego play more yes, than anything of else. of course it is. And, and by the way, you mentioned the commanders. So now the question is, now that he's about to spend, him and his, his buds are going to spend $6 billion on the, on the downtrodden commanders. Um, will he change his mind now? Will he sit there and say, okay, I'm now laying out this expense. Maybe the best thing for us to do is to stay where we're going to be. Look, I'm waiting for him to get a baseball team. I've told you years ago, we talked about this. 
He wants me to sign up for a regional sports network where I have to pay to watch the Devils and the Nationals and you will. in order to see the Sixers. And you will. And I'll re- I'll resent it you every will, day. You will complain will about it and every moan week. about it just like I do to you on the radio about things that Thursday night football will complain about the, the type of play and I'll sit down and watch the game just like I do. So I'll complain about it and sign up for it. And if you ever saw the Seinfeld episode where Elaine keeps giving the money and Seinfeld starts laughing, that's what it'll be. He'll just be sitting there with a cigar in his mouth laughing and going, keep paying me, buddy. The play-in games have been pretty exciting. Uh, I know you haven't really watched many of them. The final ones tonight. Are you excited for the NBA playoffs separate from the Sixers? Got some finally young players. Well, it's open. I mean, look. Yeah, it's the, wide open. The West is so wide open. Like, there is there a team in the West that you don't think can at least make it to the conference finals? No. The answer is no. Like, no. every team has a chance. Well, the Timberwolves, I'm not really sure about with what they're well, going on. Well, I don't know who will be on the court, who's breaking their hand, right. who's punching their other player. So that team I have some questions about. But it's, the rest of them Assuming that Rudy Gobert doesn't punch another teammate yes. and doesn't get suspended again, yes. they're already down one player who did punch a wall <laughs> and break his hand. So, yeah, I'm guessing the Timberwolves are not. That would be the the one that I don't think, but I, I'm interested to see that Kings Warriors matchup. But even, the Kings have had a fantastic season. That Their nobody fan knows base about. is rabid over it because they have and, nothing else to and do. Nobody has <laughs> any clue about it. And you got Golden State, who everybody thinks, well, their big names are gone. They've just got Steph and Clay left, and all of a sudden they've retooled, and they're a totally different type of team. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What do you mean the big names are gone? They just won last year. I know, but like, like the, people don't realize that the Golden State Warriors are the reigning right. national champs. But it, does right it here. feel like that? Or world champs? So does I, it feel like that? I think it does. Doesn't I mean, it's real. It is really hard to believe that in the last couple of years, the champions have been the Warriors, the Lakers. Oh, it's kind of blurs together. Yeah, but you know, you look at like even the top of the conference in the West. The Nuggets are a really good team, but you don't sit there and say the Nuggets are unbeatable. Can they just give out whoever the MVP is so we can stop with that conversation? It's going to be Embiid. It is. It's, he's, it is. He's going to finally win it. Right. But uh, can we just stop with the? Denver saying they couldn't win this season because Jokic had to carry the burden in the second half of the so, negative MVP conversation. But that's a, but that's a true that's a, that's a true statement that they that he is the MVP of their team. He they, is. They but, would not, they would be a they'd be a play-in team without Jokic. But they're that's not MVP of the league. He's well, not well, the no, MVP it, of the league this season. And and it's kind the, of an excuse. The MVP discussion changes every year depending on bo- I'm voter. I'm just sick of so, it. I could do. I could take the MVP conversation and put it with the mock drafts for the NFL and just every, set them on but fire you read in an them. island. But I you do. Read them. It's my fault. I tell you this all the time. If, I'm my I were to worst enemy. You, everything I despise are the things that I consume. If I were to ask you right now, in Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. I don't know. I haven't who actually did the watched Eagles, it yet. Who did the Eagles take? So I don't know about his mock draft, but it has <laughs> oh, bothered me <laughs> that all of these mock drafts talk about the Eagles taking Bijan Robinson at yeah. 10 when there is no data or evidence that the Eagles would ever take a running back at 10. Ever. It's just not, they don't value the position that way. So they, they take linemen they take offensive linemen, defensive linemen. That's what they do. So if you think they're taking B. John Robinson, then they're trading. They're not doing that at 10, I don't think. And I don't know if he's there further back. But we do this every year. We decide that there's a player that the Eagles need to draft. And when they don't draft him, we decide that it wasn't a good draft. When we were never going to take the player in the first place. For years, it was wide receivers. There was zero chance we were going to take a wide receiver in the first Time round out. forever. Time out. Take a breath, okay? 
we we need to take a commercial break, and then we can come back, and you can rant about the NFL again. Oh, you'll let me continue? All right. All right. So let's go to a break. Stick with us. <laughs> Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. All right, you cut me off when I was going on a rant. The yeah. NFL draft is Serenity two weeks away. Yeah. I can't stand the mock drafts. I just, just make I can't pick. believe you just, I gave you a chance to calm down and you came back and said the same thing, even though you are reading them all. Of course I am. You are, you are Captain Clickbait. That's what I'm calling you from now on. Why is this news? <laughs> How long have we done this show together? How many times have Too I sent long. you text messages of headlines where you're like, I read this. I got this. Um, I get an alert on this. I'm aware of this. I know. You know I get, I get text I, messages of all of it. Yes. You've, you just stopped <laughs> responding to me. It's like I'm in the doghouse. You silenced me. No, and I, you can't, just I just don't can't respond. encourage you. Or you can't keep up with the pace Thank of the goodness things that we I'm don't, We don't over. pay by text message anymore. <laughs> Do you think that, okay, my first question. Yeah. Will Aaron Rodgers be a Jet by the time the NFL draft starts? No. Okay. Will he be a Jet by the time the season kicks off? Yes. Okay. Uh, what will the because, Jets because have to give the, up for? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I, I think even though we've heard Packers people say they don't need a first-round pick. They want one. I think they want one, and I think they want it for next year. Yeah, because that's the stronger draft, 2024. For a quarterback. Yes. So if you get rid of Rodgers... You have a year to see whether Jordan Love is anything like you hoped he would be. And if he's not, you have a better quarterback draft next year. Because people are even even Bryce Young, he looks great. He played great in college, but he's really small for a quarterback. So who has the leverage? Because I got a buddy who's a Jets fan who thinks that the Jets have all the leverage because the Packers can't carry Rogers' salary. Your friend is a Jets fan? Yes. That's why he believes it. But he believes that that the Packers can't carry Rogers' salary, so they have to make a move. I think he's crazy. I think the Packers have all the leverage because they can keep him. The Packers have the leverage because they don't care anymore. They're willing to eat this money to be right, it seems like. They don't, at least the attitude that they're giving off is, you know what? We've put up with you for a really long time. Thanks for everything you've done. We have a contract with you. If you don't want to play for $50 million this year, then fine, don't play. Because remember, you say that it's going to cost them a lot of money. If they keep him and say, all right, Aaron, you're a starting quarterback, what is Aaron going to do? He's either going to play or he's going to retire. If he retires, they're off the hook on the yeah, 50 upset all his players are with the Jets now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jets fans are used to this. This is like no big deal for a Jets Wouldn't it fan. be the most Jets thing if they got all of the guys to go with Aaron Rodgers but didn't get Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> all right, so tell me this then. Well, Does, by the way, what do you think about the fact that Odell Beckham decides, according to... To go to Baltimore. But went to Baltimore, but said that he gave the Jets the chance to match. I was surprised they didn't match it. Uh, if you're going for it with Rodgers... $18 million for one year for a you, wide receiver? If you're going for... Coming but, off a si- well, second major I didn't surgery? say it made sense. Yeah. I was just surprised they didn't match it. I was surprised the Ravens gave him that much money. And look, we may end up talking more Baltimore stuff. Anyway, it's a lot of money for a guy coming off an ACL that you have no idea what it is. 
I mean, in, in the last couple seasons that he's played, he hasn't exactly been healthy. But the question is, who's throwing him the ball? What's going on with Lamar Jackson? I don't even there? know who is the backup quarterback in Baltimore. I is don't it, even is know. Is it Huntley? I don't. Yeah, if that's I'll it. look it up while you tell me. But, but the, what happens with Lamar Jackson? Well, that's the interesting thing. It it is the most unknown thing you could possibly know because he has no, Tyler Huntley. He doesn't that's close. Lamar Jackson is is in an unprecedented position. He's handling negotiations by himself. He doesn't, and it's not his fault that he doesn't know what he's doing, but he doesn't know what he's doing because that's not his job. And his you job say this as somebody who has made a living negotiating right. contracts. And, and, and you don't realize how important it is. I know it's, you sit there and say, well, well, what's the big deal? He just matches it up against other salaries and they'll give him the money. It doesn't work that way. And he's got everything pushing against him right now, including the fact that he is a quarterback who's going to be moving closer to his 30s and uses his legs a lot. And as much as we sit there and we see these quarterbacks that are more mobile now, at some point the speed goes away and the arm needs to stay. And he needs to stay healthy. In the last couple of years, he hasn't been particularly healthy. So, And I think the Ravens, I think that bridge is burned. And this part of the reason the bridge is burned is because he's negotiating himself. One of the things he's that, taking it all personal. They one, can, yeah, exactly. They can one say the things, things to the attorney or the agent that they can't say to the player. I can negotiate with the other side's attorney, and they can say whatever they want to me about my client, and then I can I can filter that information so that they don't get offended so badly, or I explain I can explain to them why something was said and say disregard it. It's not a big deal. It's a negotiating ploy. He hears it directly from them. And now it's become a social media war between the, between the organization and him. And it's just not healthy to the point that unless you have incredibly thick skin, which there aren't many people just in life that have that kind of thick skin that they can handle, that this is going out there for everybody to see. And I think that ultimately what's going to happen is he is going to go someplace else, but he's not going to get nearly what he thought. I think what he's going to end up getting is a shorter-term deal, maybe three years. Maybe he'll get $50, $55 million a year on that. So they trade him? Because isn't he still under contract? Well, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, he's under contract they because, franchise because they franchise him. Yeah. So they, they can trade him to somewhere else, and that team, I think, has to give up two first-round picks. And he's stuck between the precedent of the contract of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And I'm wondering if at some point this influences the Jalen Hurts negotiation. Well, wait, it's not. I mean, you're saying Jalen Hurts because we're in Philadelphia. Yeah. But don't forget. Oh, every quarterback you, negotiation. But this you, sets, you have Herbert. You have the Bengals quarterback. Those two guys are going to be setting the market in months. So if you're the Eagles, do you want to try and sign Hurts before that market's yes. set? So you set the market as opposed if to you're, chasing the market? If you're convinced that this past season was not an anomaly, yeah. Well, and everything that Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman have said has projected that. Mm-hmm. You know, he will be here. He's our guy. Like, there's nothing. Okay, but what happens if your number one wide receiver gets hurt? Is he is he your guy? Is he the guy that's going to? If he doesn't have all these weapons, I don't know the answer to that. But if if he doesn't have all the weapons that he had last season, is he still the guy, or is or is he a, a, a very good quarterback who's also a product? Oh, well, is anybody no, no. is any quarterback that? I mean, doesn't every quarterback? Yes, you can make your players better, but don't at some point you need weapons. Yeah. So I mean, anybody. But the question, but the question is, how much? I think you need they the believe weapons? that. I think at this point they have confidence that he is that leader of men. 
whether or not right. he can. So if you believe that, then yes, you should not be waiting for a single other day to go by and waiting until Burrow and Herbert now set the next market with a Lamar Jackson looming as to what he's going to do. Because even if he takes a shorter term deal, it's the annual value that the agent's going to be pushing for from the Eagles. While you tell me that I will eventually pay to watch the Devils because I want to watch the Sixers, thanks to Josh Harris. Well, you'll pay to will watch you them, be but you won't watch. signing up for NFL Red Zone on or a Sunday ticket on YouTube. Uh, you can watch all Why? of the games out of market for three hundred and fifty bucks. Right. Watch four games I know, on a screen. I've n- at one I have time. never had. Well, NFL you are not ticket. a Direct TV guy. Right. <clears throat> no, but I, it, it's it's a, I can watch. All I need to watch is, is the team I need to watch on Sunday. See or the Monday technology or I watch. The, week they're on. the technology I like is the quad box that they have. I probably won't be paying also, yeah, I, but I, I think it's cool to have all four games that's on. Because you have no attention span. <laughs> Apple TV is experimenting with that this weekend with the MLS. Yeah, they're going to be able to let you pick four games to have in the same screen. And you well, say hold, that but now. Hold, hold on. on. Wait, no, this wait, is stop, okay. You stop. go first, and then me because because. Because I have I have listened and read your constant. Complaints. Oh, I still can't stand Apple. Would you please, just I know be where quiet. you're going. I have had to listen to this constant complaining and whining about how bad the production value is on Apple TV, and you're now sitting here jumping up and down like a little kid who just got a lollipop that you're going to get to watch four boxes of this, what you called garbage. Don't take away my lollipop, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, it doesn't mean that their broadcast is good. Third of all, their announcers barely knew what stadium they were in, let alone the names of the players that were on the field last week. Fourth, they cut to these replays mid-action, so you miss the actual play what's going on. Fifth, they spoil the score. Every time you sign on, it's big up front, so you have no chance if you're watching it exploded or in the past. If you're trying to watch it where you didn't catch the game from the start, you already don't know. And now you want to watch four boxes of this. No, I just want to be able to see the technology. And then, I marvel and then you'll flip at over sports to USFL, media. right? No, XFL. Get it right, Jeff. Wait, okay. Both. Uh, did the USFL start next? No, no they idea. just named their announcers, actually. Oh. I think they start next week. Yes, I know that, Jeff. I know that that bothers you, but they start in like two <laughs> weeks. And they did announce their announcers. All right, so you won't be getting YouTube TV. I'm not allowed to be excited that Apple TV is going to experiment you with can, something but else. but I don't understand how you'd be excited. I don't ex- find the MLS on Apple TV to be a very good product right now. And I think that's partly because... As Union fans, we were spoiled by a very good broadcast. Mm -hmm. We had world-class broadcasters with J.P. Della Camera and former Union players and, you know, the Dave Lanos, who's now doing the radio call for the Union on our sister station, Mm -hmm. 97.5. We had that type of talent, and we had a crystal clear broadcast. We had a pre- and post-game. You don't have that with the MLS. They barely know the history of the team, let alone the players on the field. And I just feel like that's missing from the coverage. I don't understand how that happens in this day and age. Me Honestly, either. I mean, it's not like you you have the benefit of all of the production value and those people that did the productions. And how do you not get them to come in to your organization, get the right announcers? Like, what is JP doing now? He's getting ready to call the Women's World Cup. Right, but but he he, he would be- certainly be calling MLS Cup games given the opportunity. And look, we saw how much JP and other guys prepped their their spotting boards, their prep for the game, the interviews that they would do. They would be down there in Chester talking to the players, talking to the coach. You get none of that insight. It's become Monday Night Football. They come in, they get one interview with the coach and one player, and then they say, this is everything that it is. And I'm sorry, it's not Andre Bedoya. 
It's Alejandro. Get his name right. Who said Andre? The whoever the broadcaster oh, was. Good Lord. It was at the very end of the mm-hmm. game on Saturday night. Like at least the FS1 broadcast of the Champions League game against Atlas, mm-hmm. they knew who the players were. The broadcast was better quality, in my opinion. Right. I just don't believe that the Apple broadcast is up to par. And there seem to be issues because the MLS seems to be under on subscriptions. And I remember reading a couple months back, nobody wants to talk about it, but I think Apple has an out if MLS doesn't hit certain numbers. Right. So they they could be running into a problem if if people like me who are hardcore fans just start complaining about their product. Granted, I'll still watch, so I won't really do anything about no, it. I was going to say, but you, there will you be just completely shot your whole argument. That's not true, though. That's why I don't have to talk. There have been two games. There have been two games so far where I've listened to the call from Dave Lano rather mm-hmm. than the TV feed on on Apple. Whoa, 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 hold on. Did you watch the game on no. TV though? So you're just listening to the radio broadcast? Yeah, I couldn't sync it up. Like I'm, it's supposed to be able to sync up, but I was delayed on the iPad because I was out. There's no chance that iPad was not on that game. No, I don't believe it. it I couldn't I'm sync not, it up, and I didn't like the announcers. I, I listened I to our it. call locally. I don't believe it. I've done. I do that sometimes <laughs> with the Eagles game. I, when I can't sync it up, I'll listen to Marilyn Mike. And I you, do and you that. Won't have it on. No, it's completely on. No, I generally when I do that, I actually have red zone on, so I I'm, can see I'm, the other. I'm games. calling a word I can't say on the air. You can say that, <laughs> but, but well, you can say that. Our our board op may may lose its mind and want to drop us, but you know. <laughs> and, and by the way, it appears that, that Apple is more concerned with the fake soccer than the real soccer. Well, Ted Lasso is doing well. I haven't seen the latest show, but I mean, this season we've seen everything else up until it. It was. Excellent. Okay. So I can't talk don't about Don't spoil it, it so for me and, and our listeners, but we have both really enjoyed this season and we'll be very sad to see it go. Uh, the Here soccer comes game. Baseball. Oh. No, I did want to finish up. So the Union advanced. Uh, it was 2 2 tie in Mexico. That was the um, quarters. They won on aggregate goals 3 2 mm-hmm. and will advance to the semis to play LAFC. So LAFC will start at Subaru Park, uh, I believe, in two weeks. Uh, right around then, and then it'll go back to LAFC. So the games will be between the 25th and 27th of April in Chester, and then out in California, May 2nd to the 4th. In between all that... What are the ratings on these games? That's a good question. Because well, How do you come to this show without knowing the ratings? I didn't check it. That's your thing. I didn't check it, but you can tell that the union treat the, those games more important than that, the MLS see, that, games right th- now. So you knew where I was going. Yeah. That, that's, that's my point. I can't, I can't gauge it completely without knowing the ratings, but it does appear that even MLS considers this more important than the MLS season. MLS gets very excited when it's MLS teams advancing going forward like they're very excited no matter what an MLS team's going to be in the finals of this now right and so that account the other night was was very excited about what's going on and yeah i find it interesting i you know you and i came to soccer a little later i, I watched soccer forever but in terms of following the union and, mm-hmm. and MLS and transfer windows and i saw i saw cosmos game i know you right. did but in terms of transfer windows and in season tournaments and things like that like that was a little bit i didn't get it anybody who i talked to who is a union fan from the start treats it exactly the same way that the champions league games are more important than the mls because the mls games it's a long season you'll get back to it so it, so if i were to say to you that you could have as a union fan or any mls fan an MLS championship or a CONCACAF championship? 
which one would you, which one would be more important? I see. I'm, you, I'm the MLS guy, so I yeah. would say the MLS. But it seems like Union fans would say the Concacaf Championship because the talent level is considered better because it's world class teams out there, and so that's considered better quality leveling up. But I mean, this team's played 11 games in 40 days. By the time they go to their next game, it's a lot of what were the well are the, are the are the other teams? So the teams from Mexico are they playing? They, do they have their league going they're, on at the yeah, same time? Yeah, they're playing time? matches or, or, in between. Atlas lost Sunday when okay. the Union played Saturday leading into that game. But there will be a matchup for in the leg that goes back to LAFC. The Union actually don't have a game leading up to that second leg where LAFC does. Okay. Um, so that'll that'll help them. But I mean, it just, it's interesting to me how, how much interest there is in advancing there. Also going to have the Premier League here. So you're getting a lot of, a lot of soccer in the area now. Uh, going to rub off for the 2026 World Cup? Did you, did you get your Premier League tickets? No, I haven't no. yet. They'll probably sell really fast, though. And it's going to be at the link. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be at the link. Three games. Uh, there's one doubleheader. Uh, Chelsea's here. Uh, a Man U and Liverpool are like. But Wrexham is not one of them. No, well, Wrexham's coming on their own tour. Okay. They're supposed to play in Chester when they come. I thought. They're but we play haven't. The Union. We, but we haven't seen it. No, but that's supposed right. to come. That's definitely supposed to happen. All right, uh, let's talk some baseball. The weather is beautiful outside. The product on the field is not. <laughs> I know it's early. I know we shouldn't treat baseball the way we treat football. But if you could possibly have a worse start. Uh, to a season after the excitement of bringing the fans back in the stadium last year. I don't know, man. Uh, they've lost tr- three straight now. Uh, they're four and nine overall, one and six on the road. Lost three straight to who? Uh, to the Reds and the Marlins. Yeah, they're four for 31 in ru- with runners in scoring position with 25 left on base during that streak. Now, in fairness, they did have streaks of four and nine or worse during April, May, and September of well, last what's season. What's the unfairness part of this? Well, the fact that they the made whole, the World Series after doing that. You need that. to stop talking for a little bit. <laughs> what's what? What? Uh, let, let me get this out. What's the unfair? What's the unfairness part of this? It's you can't compare last season to this season. The fact is, is that they they're losing to the Reds and the Marlins. They are, but people would tell you. I don't agree with it. I actually <laughs> think it's a problem, and I think the injuries are a problem. And I think the lineups a problem. But people will tell you it's baseball. You have to be patient with baseball. There are streaks, and this happens. And it happened three times last no, season. I don't think no. so. I think the lineup is a shell of what it was last year. Mm-hmm. I think the pitching is not what it was last year. I think the bullpen is a disaster right now. Look, the one, two, four, and five hitters in the lineup have combined for one home run this season. Mm-hmm. That ain't going to do it. This what, gonna, it's, look, this, this, this is going to be a problem. You're eventually going to get Bryce Harper back. You're not getting Reese Hoskins back. First and, baseman and, Bryce Harper and, back. Uh, maybe we'll we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but let's you know we we've we discussed and debated last year and the year before is Reese Hoskins as valuable as some people thought he was, or is he somebody we should have traded for a pitcher? And now it is blatantly obvious that Reese Hoskins was incredibly valuable to this team, even though he was streaky. He was consistent on what his annual production was. And he was an important guy in the dugout. And they That's the piece that I think is most important. No, but it's both. Because replacing a guy who hits 27 to 30-something home runs every season, who has 80 to 90 home uh, RBIs every season, who goes... I know that his defense is suspect, but 
you know what? It wasn't horrible. He had his moments. And now you cannot, there's nobody in the organization to replace him with. And so as you're, you were just about to say, now they're sitting there tinkering around with, do we put Bryce Harper at first base? And just so we can get him back in the field sooner. And this rush now, this is what, now I don't think, I think Bryce Harper's too smart to come back early. As much as he may want to. I, so I, that's the one thing that I'm confident about. But I think the organization wants him back as soon as possible and is, I don't know if they're willing to take the risk, but it seems like the way they're talking about it seems like it's making everybody nervous. They're not tamping down any speculation. They're not saying no, that no, it's time more than too that. aggressive. They're, talking they're feeding about it. into the like timeline. Like Rob Thompson seems they're, to talk they're about They're having it a lot. video released of him practicing at first base. And I the, would not do that. The concern seems to be about him running the bases and him sliding into the bases right. and potentially injuring that elbow. Yeah, that and, seems and, to be, like he seems ready to hit for whatever that's worth. I'm not somebody who understands Tommy John surgery recovery. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty far ahead of schedule in terms of that, but the human body can only heal so fast at some point. I, I just don't, you don't want to take a risk with this. You have a long-term plan, and I'm not sure this is the season. Any, I think they caught lightning in a bottle last year. I think that they still need a couple more pieces. As much as I'm liking the things Stram says off the field, he's not the answer on the field. They've had he's one starter okay. get through the sixth inning. And who is that? I'm not even sure. Is it Stram who did it? <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. What did you think about what Stram said about beer sales? He's right. So Okay, so for people who aren't familiar, the games are faster, so baseball's selling less beer, and so they've decided that instead of cutting off the beer in the seventh inning, they'll move it to the eighth inning. And Stram says, I thought we're trying to make it safe for people. You're having people drink more closer to when they're going to get in a car. And some stadiums are saying, well, forget that. You can just keep drinking till after the game. He's 100% right. If you care about people's safety, then you should cut it off. Now, look, I come from it from, I don't really drink that much. And I don't go to the game to get a beer. I go to the game to watch the game. So again, when, when you say I take the suburban perspective on an, a city stadium, mm-hmm. I take the, I don't drink at the game as part of my experience into that. I don't know about somebody who goes to the game to have the beer out there. Unfortunately, there are too many of those people that go go to any sporting event because they think it's an opportunity to drink. I was just which too I've, cheap for that. Well, well, that's it. What I don't understand <laughs> about that is when you're, no way I was when you're paying that much. 18 bucks for a can of beer when you could buy a whole case for that. I don't like, even like when I have to buy a bottle of water. <laughs> like, I just, I'm way too cheap to buy beer. Are you over there? Are you looking for the water fountain at every stadium? <laughs> if they had one, I would use it. It, it, it just, it seems so hypocritical of, of Major League Baseball when it has always been, the, we've calculated out that the seventh inning is why we should cut off beer because that gives a certain amount of time for people to at least sober up. Before Which, they by get the way, it car. doesn't give enough time and, to sober and, up anymore because the innings are faster. Well, well so now they're, can, they're actually going to move it closer to the end of the game when the games are going faster. So you're speeding it up exponentially. It doesn't make sense, and that's why I, I'm it surprised that Stram's the it, one who said it. It makes but. sense if some of your major partners mm-hmm. are beer distributors, and if you make a lot of money through beer sales. Well, that doesn't it mean makes it makes sense. sense. It just makes money. 
Well, a difference. Dollars and cents, apparently, and that's apparently the judge of success or not. I agree. I was surprised that Stram spoke okay, up about well, when it. Well, when somebody leaves the stadium and that and the, and this the first time it happens, there's going to be a lawsuit. And he's going to be quoted in that lawsuit. It's going to be a mess. Well, uh, okay, yeah. so if you were an attorney doing that and and there was a lawsuit, Exhibit One would be. Mm-hmm. I agree with. The Phillies pitcher, Matt Stram, your honor. You you would sit there and you would ask one of the major league executives, by the way, how did you figure out how long it should be before when you should cut off beer sales up till 2022? And they would sit there and say it. And then you'd say, okay, well, now it's 2023. Why did you decide when the games, the innings are shorter to move it closer if this is why you believe this is how long it takes for people to sober up? That's going to be your final word for this week, Jeff. Uh, Sixers or Nets? Sixers. All right, we'll see what happens after that. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.